hello, 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 beautiful people of the world. Welcome to the Happy Conversation Idea Show, where you can witness thoughts, ideas, and stories of the happiest people. And today I have a very, very, very special guest today here, and his name is Mr. Don Green. He's not only my mentor and a good friend, but he is the CEO of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Yes, you heard right, Napoleon Hill Foundation. Well, Napoleon Hill principles are almost like a, over a, looks like over a century right now. The greatest speaker of the world and author who has adopted his principles is not less than uh, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Earl Nightingale, uh, J- uh, Jim Rohn, Mr. All these phenomenal authors, speakers, personal development coaches has adopted his principle at some shape or form. And they agreed on their verbal seminars and workshop. And I have witnessed too. But now we have this one of the profound, profound time we got today. We have opportunity to talk to Dr. Green. Dr. Green, Don Green, sorry. Don Green is the CEO of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So I welcome Don Green to the Happy Conversation Idea Show. Thank you very much. I enjoy this. You know, I have a passion for I have a passion for what I do because uh, you know, at my age, most people would have retired many, many years ago uh, when they reached financial success. That seems to be a goal a lot of people to retire. I have no intentions of retiring. Okay. Uh, that's great. You're so humble and kind, and this is the one of the greatest sign of a successful and humble personality that if you even retire, but you still keep working. Now, you've been interviewed for thousands and thousands of times for decades, and I know that, but today we want to start with you. Please tell us about your journey, your adversities and defeats, and how you become so successful. Please share about that. Okay. Uh, now, where you want to start, but I was born in the uh, mountains of Southwest Virginia, and uh, it's a coal mining area. Poverty, a lot of poverty existed for many, many years. Lack of education, lack of roads, uh, transportation, so forth for many years. My mom was one of 16 children. Uh, Her her mother died when she was eight years old. The the father never remarried, but back then, uh, Happy, uh, the boys would go to work in the coal mines underground, even Mm -hmm early as age 12, 13 years old. There was no labor laws to protect them. And uh, my dad went to work at 14 in the coal mines. And um, and the girls, they, girls would get married. Uh, you know, that was kind of a way out at uh, early ages. It was nothing for them to get married at 13 or 14. And uh, my dad was from a large family also. And uh, they grew up during the Depression. Uh, my mother was born in 2021, 20, my dad in 1917. So they were married and, and grew up in the Depression. And uh, they had a seventh grade education. Yep. I asked my mother once, why did y'all just go to seventh grade? That's as far as <laughs> the teacher went was in seventh grade. There was no other schools around. There was no school buses. Uh, you oh. know, they would have had to go someplace else. And so they just went to, went to work. Even in Hill's day, when Hill was born, uh, there was no requirement to go to school. His father thought, uh, get, go to work. School wasn't mandatory, and it was only open for three or four months a year. Them working on the family farm or, uh, uh, was more important than going to school. So it was never emphasized. Of course, in Hill's, Hill's place, uh, his mother died He was uh, before he was nine, and his dad remarried 
and she happened to be a school teacher, the widow of a high school principal, and a daughter of a doctor. So education was very important. So that was his salvation. She stressed education. But myself was growing up like that. I grew up without running water in the house. We never had indoor plumbing. And But other people all around us live the same way. So uh, I guess I uh, got a bathroom uh, when I was in high school, the first uh, oh, wow. first bathroom we uh, we'd uh, built a built a house and had and, and with a with a bathroom in it. So, wow. uh, but uh, but books were important to me, and I saw education was. And just something told me that ever the coal miners, underground coal miners, at the time that I'm talking about, they had a life expectancy of 20 years less than other people, other men. Okay. And so it's a day. It was a very dangerous. There were no labor laws, and uh, men could be replaced real easy. I mean, just give, get, get somebody else to come in. And uh, they were wholly dependent on the company. The company owned the company store where they got all their groceries, everything they needed, their clothes and what have you. And they had the company houses. Most of them did. And when they got water, it was the company's water. And when they got telephone, it was the company's telephone. Okay. Everything was dependent on the company. But I saw the need for an education at an early age and I like to read and I read successful people and I read and I read and I read and I don't mean to be arrogant, but I knew I was going places. Okay. You can say, <laughs> you can, you can say dreaming or what you want to, but I knew that I was going places. I, of course. If somebody said, if these other guys do it, why can't we do it also? And so, so true. Uh, I, uh, I, I, education was very, very important to me. We only had a two-year college, and I attended it. I drove a school bus, pumped okay. gas, seventy-five cents an hour. School bus made eighty-five dollars a month driving the school bus, and uh, I learned to make money at an early age. Wow! I can remember making three dollars when I was five years old. It's the wow. biggest, biggest three dollars I ever saw in my life. My dad was a coal miner, probably making at that time probably. Eight, maybe seven or eight dollars a day, and uh, they uh, the men were all outdoorsmen. They dug uh, ginseng. You've heard of ginseng? I know it's a root, and it was expensive. It was even back then. So in their spare time in the summer, they would yeah. in the woods. They would hunt uh, ginseng and dig up the roots and and uh, and sell it. It was sold as a herbal medicine. The Chinese still put a lot of emphasis on it. It's really really expensive today because it's only a small root. It grows in very uh, obscure places. It's not a lot of it. But uh, Dad showed me another herb, which is weak, was called May apple, that grew, okay. grew along the creeks. And he showed me how to dig it before I ever started to school with a little hole. And it was, I think it was around 20 cents a pound. And the first time I dug a lot and had to, had to wash the dirt off and dry it before you could sell it, they wouldn't buy it green. And I went with him to uh, a place where they bought the herbs. Yep. He, he had ginseng and I had the mayapple. And he gave me three $1 bills and told me that was my part for my mayapple. And man, was, wow. I, was I one happy young man. Didn't have a bill for me, <laughs> But I could count. I counted that $3 hundreds and hundreds of times. Exactly. So in the beginnings, it was a necessity. I can remember about it. I was probably nine or 10 years old, somewhere early age. I, I found out about the Boy Scouts and a uniform costs $8. You need $8 oh. to get a uniform. 
And I told my mother, I said, I would like to have $8 to get a Boy Scout uniform so I can go to the Boy Scouts. Oh, and she said, oh, honey, we can't waste our money. So oh, your, wow. Your daddy crawls around in the coal mine and said he might get hurt. He might get <laughs> killed. And we, we, can't, we can't waste our money. And said, won't you mow yards, you uncle? He gives you a quarter, don't he, every time you mow it? I said, yeah, <laughs> no, boys. And I did, and I picked up pop bottles. But that summer, I made I had more than $8. And, wow. But I, you know what? I didn't want to boy, join the Boy Scouts no more because that was my money. I learned to, I learned to make money for the absolute necessity. Excellent. And then after it would come easier, I, I learned to make money because I knew I could. And I just, my mind was open for all these other projects. And we don't have enough time to tell all of them. But I cut Christmas trees. My brothers and I sold them. We cut wow. mining timber. We dig holly. We sold stuff out of the out of the garden, and and you, you name it over and over and over. I was always continuously into things where I could where I could make money. In fact, is I had a zoo when I was in high school, and I charged a quarter to get in. I had uh, start off just had snakes, poison yes. snakes, ten cents for children. Wow. And then I bought a black bear off of the Indians down in North Carolina, and I bought some exotic birds and a, and some uh, bobcats, some people call them wildcats, and some other animals and some exotic birds. And uh, and uh, I started, I got little souvenirs and started selling them. Put a little uh, uh, pill off. I ordered little labels. It said Indian Mountain Reptile Garden. You put a little ashtray. That made it a souvenir when you put a little label on it. Yes. You could buy a little ashtray, comical ashtray for a quarter, and sell them for a dollar, and learn. I just learned to make money. In fact, is my I had an older brother, and it, while I was still in high school, I let him have money to buy his first house. I don't mean to pay for the house; I mean to pay down and do do the closing on the thing. So intelligent. I kind of I had a knack for making money, and it's and it stuck with me. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is profound, uh, Don, that you started from scratch with your humble beginning of earning $3, then wanting $8 for those costs, and then you, you did all that kind of thing, what you can, but you you were a born entrepreneur, but I think we all are born, uh, we have all have greatness in us, and we born entrepreneur to win and to succeed. Some some people realize in early stage, like you took that initiative, personal initiative to utilize your intelligence, and you went above and beyond to make what you are today. Well, thanks for sharing your personal story, which was really, really inspiring. And I think it was untold and we are so glad and especially I'm so happy that you shared with us. Now tell Don, did you meet Dr. Napoleon Hill in person and how was your experience and how it started? No, I never, I never met him in person, but he's from this area. He died in 1970. So he's been dead 50 some years, but uh, I've met his relatives, uh, his uh, cousins. Uh, I had a historical marker put up in the nineties and he had eight, seven or eight uh, first cousins still living. So when they did the unveiling of the historical marker that I had installed on the highway to honor Dr. Hill's birthplace, uh, they they were invited and they were all there. And it was filmed. It made the news media. And uh, and in fact is one of them just died back in June, uh, which is his last surviving first cousin. And he he only liked a few weeks of being 102. I interviewed him on his 100th birthday. His name was Glenn. 
and I interviewed him and I recorded it. I've never shared it, but I, I did a 30 minute recording on my iPhone and I gave it to the social media girl. We've never put it out. And of course, Glenn, his son was my best friend and, and my golfing buddy. And we went through high school and college together. And, uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he remembered Napoleon. Uh, he remembered Napoleon come visit his dad, sit on the porch. He's always driving a big car, and he did. He had a couple of old horses. He drove a big DeSotas and Oldsmobiles and so forth. Of course, <laughs> back then, a car was a sign of success. Big, exactly. a big car. And so he said he always had a always dressed well, always had a tie on, a little handkerchief in his pocket, and he traveled with a little dog. So uh, he remembered him very well. And of course. We have Napoleon Hill Day. We celebrate his birthday the last uh, uh, Monday in October at, here at the college. And uh, it's always declared a uh, state uh, uh, Napoleon Hill Day in the state of Virginia by the governor. We have not had it the last two years because of virus. But but Glenn Hill, he tended every one of those uh, things. So we had about 20 of them about the wow. last 20 years. And we'd get a noted speaker to come in. I, we got people like uh, Sharon Lecter and Jim Stovall, Truett Cathy, who founded Chick-fil-A, was a good friend. I guess he was about 90. And I mean, our Truett, these people all had stories to do with Napoleon Hill. Like Truett Cathy was a good friend. He founded Chick-fil-A. And uh, a teacher gave him Thinking Girl Rich in 1937 when he was in high school. He, yes. carved, he carved that book everywhere he went. And a couple of, at least two newspapers called me when he died. He was worth six and one half billion dollars. He credits it to the book, Think and Grow Rich. Wow. So we, with Sharon Lecter, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, uh, and yes. uh, edited out with the devil. She did Think and Grow Rich for Women and Three Feet from Gold. Uh, Sharon's a good friend. She read Think and Grow Rich. She was 19 in college. Yeah. She went on to become a CPA. It so, is. She came here and spoke. And all those people came because of their connection to thinking of rich. None of them were none of them were paid. None of them were paid. And some yeah. of them, some of them are real high priced uh, speakers, but they came to pay respects to uh, Dr. Hill. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Yeah, Hill's fantastic. Uh, and no. and had some uh, fabulous stories of how the material affected them. No, thanks for sharing. This was very important to the world should know that the humble beginning of your life story and then how you started and when you met and all. Now, tell us how long you've been enjoying the journey with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Well, I've been, I've been, and how it started also. I've been CEO 21 years. And of course, I have 350 million people in the United States. I think I got the best job. Uh -huh, indeed, you have it, no I, doubt. Just, see, <laughs> Uh, I have a saying, Happy, that sometimes your ship don't come in. Uh huh. Who said you couldn't swim out where it was? Ah. Uh. Uh, we got we. I'm in a town with three red lights. Nobody come down here hunting for Don Green to run the Napoleon Hill Foundation. I was working as a bank president. I gave a talk to a historical society in Pound, Virginia, where Napoleon's from, about 15 minutes from here. And uh, basically, those people didn't know who Napoleon Hill was. Of course. I had read the, read the books and talked about him, and I was working as a bank president. I didn't need to take on nothing. But when I got home that night, I took a pad by my bedside, and I wrote a note to the foundation. Of course, I had taken her course, mail order course. And uh, 
I wrote them a note and told them what I'd done, uh, so forth and so on. So I get a letter back inviting me to come have dinner with the board in Chicago. Wow. And I did, and I couldn't wait to meet Mr. W. Clement Stone. He was chairman, and uh, he uh, we had dinner, uh, had lunch together at the airport, and the uh, one of the airlines had their own uh, area, had a lunch catered into us, a friend of Mr. Stone. And he somewhere during the thing, he said, he called me a boy. He said, boy, you, you know more about these books than I do. He said, I swear you do. He <laughs> said, you ought to be a board member. And I said, what I need to do, Mr. Stone? And he said, tend our board meetings. And that, so yeah. that, that's how it is. Nobody contacted me. I contacted them. But nice. then I, I was served as a board member. And then I knew that there was, they would talk about getting somebody, Mike Ritt, but the only other CEO they had, and he was up in years and couldn't travel. His health wasn't good. And uh, so we had an ch- opportunity to sell the bank after I'd been a bank president for 18 years, sell the yeah. bank. And uh, they said, well, it's be a time for you to run the foundation. And I said, guys, I don't want to live in Chicago, but yeah. I, said, I will move it to Wise, Virginia. It's the Hills home. Can you do that? And I said, yeah, I've got office space. Wow. I said, I said, I've got the books. All I need to do is transfer the accounts. And of course, it's overwhelmed them. They cannot believe what we've accomplished. I mean, this past wow. year was better than 2019. They said, how'd you do it? And I said, well, it starts off with attitude and just being able to see where you can go. And we're so running, true. we're running ahead of last year, which is always our goal. It's Mr. Stone said, we do best when we're a little bit less satisfied. In other words, never completely was satisfied with the results. Always thinking, oh, we can do a little better. We better. Do so better. true. And some of us, that's what, some of us, that's what, that's what, yeah. that's what drives us. Um, is a exactly. Desire, desire to make improvements and, uh, the number of people we have, people. have a positive effect on. Uh, Fantastic. So, so this is great. I strongly remember um, um, Mr. Um, w. Cummins Stone's, one of the story, whenever in, in, in his organization, somebody used to say, I got a problem. He used to say, aha, yes, let's hear it. What's the problem? Because he was one of the person um, that used to create when you're having a problem that we are actually close to our success. So that's very, very uh, inspirational. And also used to say that to be enthusiastic, act enthusiastically. So that's what you acted enthusiastically and you said yes to the foundation. <laughs> so tell us uh, now, let's talk about this one of the profound book in the world, Think and Grow Rich. And I do have a sign from uh, J.B. Hill, his grandson. And I've been lucky and honored person to live on planet earth to have his autograph i didn't i was not born when mr dr hill was there but i got the personal book and also uh jb hills his um son's uh uh, autograph so i'm lucky and honored now uh don please tell us why this one profound book like a towering giant till over almost like 90 years to stand number one as the self-development book, Think and Grow Rich. What do you think about that, please? And tell us about that. Well, Napoleon, he's a, he was a little different. He, he also was a reader. And uh, the difference, uh, the first uh, the book, uh, I, I would think it's uh, self-help, you want to call it, was self-help by a guy named Samuel Smiles in okay. 1859. 
but uh, he wrote about it. It's been a while since I read it. It's in old English. Uh, uh, the Watt invented a steam engine. The uh, a man by the name of Wedgwood had invented a Wedgwood China that's used by royalty. He wrote stories like that of people who overcome adversity and stuck with it a long period of time. But the difference in Napoleon Hill, Napoleon went out and actually interviewed those people. He didn't get somewhere and just write about them with what information he gathered. He actually went and interviewed 500 and some people. Always dealing with the one simple question, why are some people successful and most are not? And mm -hmm. You could say, well, some of them were born that way. No, no, uh, most of us weren't born that way. And you could say, well, it, uh, it's got education. No. Everybody gets a everybody gets a degrees. Uh, they wouldn't want you truly be successful. It's different things they did, and of course. And he said, of course, he, he always number one was uh, was uh, was goals or uh, definite or purpose, a starting point of all all uh, achievements. Was have something other that you can go to bed thinking about, wake up thinking about, in other words, something that you consider worthwhile that you have a passion for. Because if you don't develop a passion for it, you run into an obstacle. What do most people do? They quit. True. And uh, so uh, them stories in Eli, I said, if you're really busy, you could read the second chapter on desire. Yeah. And, and pretty well cover it all. He says, what do you want? And of course, you can name every what you want to. But then he says, what do you plan on giving to entitle you to what you want? He so said, true. There's no such thing as something for nothing. Hey. As Thomas Jefferson said, our third president said, saddest day in a person's life is when they sit down and start figuring how they can get something for nothing. So, and you know, and he tells us about making our plans. And the yeah. thing plans, he said, the plans don't have to be good. Yeah. The biggest part of any accomplishment is starting. Starting. Where you are from what you know, and you it's can true. always get help. Uh, you can get uh, you can get uh, uh, you can you can look at different plans, take different approaches at it. But the really? thing you don't do is you do not quit. And uh, that's the reason I did the book um, and got it started on three feet from gold. That story out of Darby uh, that, that uh, the man quit, and uh, when he was in in uh, three feet of a tremendous hole, but he said he learned from that never to quit when selling insurance to a person that says no, but yeah. he learned from that, his time of quitting on the, is, yeah. on the, on the gold, gold thing. But this yeah. book we'll talk about what I like about it is I, I got this published. It's an exact copy of Napoleon Hill's first edition. Not yes. one word's been changed. And for example, if I just open this book up on, on uh, page, uh, 207, and you hook up 207 on the on the, on his book here and our, our archives. It yeah. will be, it will match word for word for word. In other words, in other words, it's got the it it's got the same number of pages. Yeah, uh, we we design we had the cover designed as uh, as close as uh, as close as we could because uh, happy on the yeah. on the original copy, the uh, the 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 book. Uh, had it to top for men and women who resent poverty. Yeah. Now that got taken off and they put up over two and a half million copies. So then to five million copies, so 10 million copies. So 
So we went back to the original one. We wanted, because a lot of people says it's not about money. Yes. That, that's not correct. It, it was about money. It's missing depression. He said he wrote it for the millions of men and women who were in poverty and in fear of poverty. Uh-huh. And that's why yes. he'll come back. So it was, it was about money. Of course, yeah. later, later in his life, he saw just the money alone didn't make you happy. The last book he wrote was in 64, the prior to his death, it was published. And it it was uh, uh, Grow Rich with Peace of Mind, that it takes more than money. Uh, and, and and really his writings over a period of time will show you, and it's in his quotes over and over. And in fact, as I'm working on a couple of new books, over and over, uh, you can get from his writings that there's one way that you can have a happy life. And that's by serving other people, make some happy. So true. I, I strongly agree on that, John. As long as you're concentrating on yourself, there's never enough. Peggy, so true. The, Peggy Lee had that song out, Is This All There Is? Oh, I know. I got that Mercedes, I'd be happy. If I got this <laughs> watch, if I got this, it's always yeah. something else. Unless you're Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, yeah. uh, you know, you'll run, you'll run out and just things don't do it. But you have to be so involved true. in making a difference. Sad to say is most people leave this place and when they're gone, they've left no footprints. What did they do? Well, they I think you don't remember. They just they die with their dreams in their head and it's in the graveyard now. <laughs> yep. Yep. So true. Um, thanks for sharing this, uh, Don Green. Now, let's talk about the second book we call Outwitting the Devil. Actually, this book came after uh, 1937, if I'm not wrong. Oh, and yeah. it stands till monument and it was, it was not published till last 10 years, I believe so. Please tell us, still sh uh, share some um, light on that, why this book was hidden so far and what was the reason. And then now it's out what this book is mean to the world. It was in 1938. The women objected uh, uh, to it, uh, even the use of the word devil. And yes. uh, I had the manuscript all these years and uh, I had about 10 years for publishes. I said, I guess we did it in 2011. Uh, but uh, Anyway, it, uh, I, I had the manuscript and I'd read it, I don't know, I'd read it different times. I read it several times and I saw the potential in it. It's dealing with one word, F-E-A-R. That's what it's yeah. about. But, yeah. and I put the quote on it from somewhere else, fear. It's a man devil. It's the fear is between our ears. So true. We, we create, for example, there is no such thing as stress. There is stressful thinking. We create our own stress. You know, you can look at a brown spot on your hand and, and you look at it and think about it long enough. You can be convinced in a, in a, in a that you've got skin cancer. It's all in your head. It, it's not that you don't need to be careful, but we create, our, we create our fears and our stress by our thinking. And there's only one thing that will cure the, cure, the fear, and that's action. And yes. action is doing something. We can't, our mind is complicated yet simple. It cannot hold fear and, and action at the same time. It'll bounce yeah. back and forth, but we concentrate on one of them. The word action is in Think and Grow Rich 77 times. Yes. Don't, don't you think he's trying to tell us to do something or another? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, of course, how the book come about, the women objected to it on religious grounds and the women. And I kept asking about it to Charlie. Johnson, yeah. who was Hill's nephew. 
Yes. He's a cardiologist. Napoleon sent him to medical school, never paid him back. He said Napoleon didn't want the money. But uh, <laughs> I would say he always called me Donald. Donald, them women don't want that book published. Uh. So uh, one day I said, uh, I let bring it up. And, uh, and I, sometimes we speak before we think. And this was a case on me. I was talking to him on, I said, Charlie, I can publish that out with the devil and we can help a lot of kids to go to school. Donald, them women didn't want that book published. I said, Charlie, both them women are dead. And of course, <laughs> one, of them, one, one of them was his wife and yes. his aunt, which was uh, Napoleon's wife, Annie Lou. Oh, yes. he said, well, looks like you're going to publish it anyway. I said, yeah. no, no, Charlie, I'm not. You're the chairman. I respect you. I'm not going to publish it until I get to. Okay, well, go ahead. Oh, wow. So, so we published it, and I, I got interviewed by a guy named Alan Mark uh, in uh, had a program called Industry Visions, and it's a, it's a book in itself. He called me one time to set up an interview, and he interviewed me, and we talked about that with the devil. He prayed for a press release. It, it, our interview, word for word, was in over 200 newspapers. Wow. And he, he said, after when the interview was before it's over, he said, now when the interview is over, I need you to hold on a minute. I got to sign off and all, but I need to talk to you. And uh, the guy's name was Alan Mark. And he said, I, you're probably wondering why I did this interview with you and why I paid for a pr uh, press releases. And I said, no, but I, I appreciate your support. He said, you've been sending my son books in prison for years. Oh, wow. And I said, what's his name? He told me. I said, that's huh? not your name. He said, I had to change my name. And the story was this young man, I believe he was 19. My wife saw the program. He was on a reality show called Jenny Jones. Okay. It was, it was supposedly the first, uh, first uh, uh, reality sh uh, show. And he's on that show. They, they set him up a date. Now, and I didn't see the program, but my wife did. When I went home that night, she, I told her, oh, my God, I saw it. He, he uh, went on a date. He met this at the restaurant. His date was a man, okay? It was a man. So when he went back to work, he worked in a place at uh, a furniture with young guys, refurnished furniture. And the guys made fun of him, which oh. tore him up. So he goes home, he gets off work, goes home, gets his dad's shotgun, goes to that guy's house, and when the guy comes to the door, he blows him to bits. He killed him. Oh. And, of course, that put the TV program off the air, and uh, and uh, it cost somebody a lot of money. I don't advertiser to whatever, but any, anyway, and uh, that young man about, I kept sending him books. He's, he got his BS degree, got his master's degree while in prison. And I don't know, he served 20 some odd years, but he was up for parole. And I wrote a letter to the parole board and told okay. him the story and told him, he tells me he's written, uh, read over 500 books. I've sent him books over the years. He stayed in touch with me. He got two degrees. And I think he, I said, terrible accident, terrible what happened. But I think he's uh, can be a useful member of society. And okay. three or four years ago, they paroled it. They actually paroled him. Uh, so uh, that was the story. But yeah. that appeared in the newspapers, and the book hit the bestseller list right off the bat. It was done through Sterling, which is Barnes & Noble. They didn't ship enough books to the stores, and they sold out. We were getting phone calls. Why can't I get the book? Why can't I get the book? And so <laughs> it took a little while of getting them. Uh, 
it's it's in well I it is it, i just lost it in russia i've lost it in 57 languages i believe so far yeah yeah so true and i want to say personally thank you so much for also giving well, me a rights and chance to uh a rights for the asia to there's one other, one other thing i gotta add to it uh, happy and that is one day my assistant come back and says don charlie's on the phone which our chairman and he always called me don don how are you i'm okay charlie what can yeah. i do for you well i'm going to be speaking to a group of a cardiologist and he said i'd like to have about 50 copies of that outwit and the devil sent to me to give out wow i said, I said we can do that and so we bought and he never paid me for him okay i, <laughs> I sent him out to him but then i told my assistant boy for you for 10 years who what didn't want me to publish it and now i'm giving him 50 copies of it for free so hey. uh, so <laughs> anyway uh it didn't surprise me because it's dealing with fear Yes. And uh, in fact, is a fear appears in thinking of 77 times. No, yeah. 73 times uh, action for 77. So it's mentioned almost as much as action is because uh, everyone has fears and they but one word you need to know to conquer them. And that's action. Do action. something. Another. Do something. I saw I saw a little clip on a, in a news program. This old lady over in Tennessee, Unicoi as you go over into North Carolina. And she said, she said, when I worry, I go, I go out and hoe in my garden because yeah. I worry while I'm hoeing. See, okay. Oh, she, she simply, she took some action. You can't reason things of fear by thinking because oh, true. you're going to think over and over and you're going to keep exaggerating and whatever. And first thing you know, you, you have worried yourself sick. So oh, true. Our mind can make us sick. Can I know. Also, maybe can make us well. Good. Uh, so the book has played a great part in people's lives. Exactly. And and, uh, and I and I could have got it out, but I didn't think about it. But we the ma original manuscripts locked up in our archives. But we yeah. didn't show it. It's only been out of the office uh, twice. Yeah. And uh, I took it to New York to show the PR. Wow. Curry, uh, Curry to, Incredible. Curry, Curry with me when Sharon worked on it. She didn't have it. Yeah. Um, we made uh, we xeroxed it and sent her a copy. Fantastic! This is it should be in treasure now and so valuable. It's uh, it is one of the greatest thing on planet Earth that you have a manuscript now. And also when when I was also studying for um, the graduation and then proudly I become in 2019 the one of the first uh, Sikh Indian in 1.3 billion people to become a certified instructor of Napoleon Hill Foundation. And when I saw this book and you gave me this book, uh, the Outwitting Devil. The one word which you told me, I said, where well, I born in poverty in barracks and in, in Mumbai and I was homeless twice. I said there was a lot of fear. And I said, if this book can release there in India in, in another movie or another digital way that it can eliminate all the fears have people in the mind and the world, too. So I don't I, I strongly agree that you said word action. I took the action and you helped me. To give the right to Asia, I'm so so thankful for that. Now, Don, tell us what type of education do you think that any school doesn't teach as young adults? Well, our our uh, I, I got to watch about criticizing the schools. I've been on. <laughs> well, I know, but you are there. You have one of the boards on the university, but there are certain. But uh, most of the people who teach are not 
they're not business people. In other words, they are educated. And school, when we all went, was pr primarily a thing to make you memorize, to see that you learn all these historical facts, what occurred this and what occurred that. But uh, I don't recall them stressing, think of you thinking, think, think, think. Yes. Use your, use your mind to do something besides uh, uh, memor memorize. Uh, I, I, w I would, uh, uh, and they're slow to do, uh, do it. I guess it feel, feel threatened. But uh, I taught this course uh, at, uh, I call it Keys to Success rather than Think and Grow Rich um, at the university when I was a bank president. I just saw the need for it and I approached the business part. And I wrote a syllabus and showed what the 17 principles was and they invited it to, to put it in their curriculum as a three hour course provided I teach it, which I didn't mean to do, but I taught it 12 times. It's been taught more than 20 years, very popular class. And the stories of the of the young people, well, some older people, that because a lot of people were older that was in banking, knew me through banking. I guess curiosity to see if I was crazy or whatever. It took the class. And uh, it's uh, a very popular, uh, uh, po very popular course. And um, so we do see changes made and I'm working on a grant now to teach it to uh, online uh, to uh, high school seniors in the in the area where it's a depressed uh, the southwestern southwestern uh, part of the of the, of the state. And the fact is that's something I gotta I gotta I gotta work on. We'll get through with this. So with the lady that's helping me with the grant, so we can do the final touches on it. Now I can sign it and, and get it uh, get it sent off. But that's one of my goals outside of what we normally normally do is to get it. Uh, taught in the in the high schools uh, because uh, uh, some get it by some get it by reading, but once the cycle is broke, broke, eighty five percent of the students that go to school here need some sort of financial aid. And we, we provide financial aid for we have twenty Napoleon Hill scholars that that, uh, that we send to school, and uh, and we've done uh, many 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 over the years. We keep adding a number and adding the amount of money they get. Uh, uh, because um, we believe in what we're we believe in what we're doing, but yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give you a uh, finish things if I didn't tell you about a book that's um, uh, it's it's just now coming out. They never was published. Okay, Recently, we took the best of each one of them and, and chronologically and covered. And the reason I, I stress it is, right, here's what we end up with. It's, it's called Mastermind, and the reason we call it Mastermind, he'll say it's the most important uh, one of the principles. It's one of the yeah. and, and it's the memoirs of Napoleon Hill. It's in his own words. But let, let me show you something here. They were loose, and I had them bound. He called one of them Hand of Destiny, the Napoleon Hill story. And we had it bound just to preserve it because it was just loose. And uh, you can you can open it up and see. He, he, uh, he tapped it. Uh, 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 himself, it's the old typewriter which is here. You can see how you can see how old it is. Uh, yeah, up to top it says uh, "Hand of Destiny," the Napoleon yeah. Hill story. That's on his. It's, it's his own typing. But typing, it was, yeah. It was, it was just it was just loose, and uh, and uh, I, I had it I had it bound to preserve it. You can see it's uh, Napoleon. So true. Uh, uh, Hand of Destiny, Napoleon Hill. That was. He, he had two different ones. One he quit in 39 and he started again. And he called it Wheel of Fortune, then the Bible yeah. story. And the uh, same way with it, we had it bound because it was just in loose uh, thing. And uh, and you can see up the top of it, 
It's the Wheel of Fortune in his handwriting. Handwriting, yeah. The Napoleon Hill story. Uh, but we did preserve them. But what's important about it is you'll really understand Think and Grow Rich. In this, in this book, in his, Al, Al, his, Al, his story, he told it better than anywhere. He told about writing of Think and Grow Rich. He said, in his words, he said, uh, he wrote the book with his third wife. That was Rosalie Beelan. He was working. He was he was working over and over. She typed it three times, and he tells about how they come up with cosmic habit force, covering our habits to nature. And he said that was what was missing. And she also she also developed transsexual mutation, and which yes. gets a lot of people. But it's simply substituting one energy for another, and uh, it's uh, two very important uh, parts. But he explains that in his own writing better. And we even have a letter from his son, Blair. At that time, Blair was had an apartment in New York and they yeah. stayed with him during a period of time. And in his letter, uh, Blair said that uh, Napoleon and Rosalie said they were working like 18 hours a day. He said they would, he would walk the floor, dictate, di dictate, and she's taking it down. But she edited the thing and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and typed it three, three times. So he, he gives her a lot of credit for helping him on the book. And we don't wow. see that. We don't see that uh, nowhere else. But uh, the Ford publisher, for some reason, just put up as a as a pre-order. They already been contacting us wanting to buy the rights to it uh, before we even start telling them about it. But they keep up with us. They watch our, they look at our website. It's up as a pre-order. So wow. thanks. I, I, thanks. I know it will do well. No, well, thanks so much for sharing this treasure to, to us and to the world because uh, millions of people out there are not aware of all this profound thing that um, been still uh, preserved and it's with us in, the, in our foundation. So thanks for sharing and thanks for educating out us there too. Um, also, now, as you know personally too, most of the genius uh, motivational speaker, authors, and personal development coaches and mentor has uh, personally admitted that they have learned a lot of enormous amount of uh, uh, success secrets from the Napoleon Hill principle. But many, many successful, um, uh, the, the motivational speaker or personal development coach or mentor, they do practice these principles, but they do not tell that where they have adopted. What do you want to tell about this? Well, I think, um, I, I think in form of it, integrity to me if you don't have integrity you don't have nothing i mean uh -huh. to give someone else credit for their work i think it that, that, uh, that shows the type of person you are i mean uh, um, i i don't fail to when i say something or other it comes up straight out of uh, out of uh, napoleon hill uh, uh you know just like in uh, it uh if they use a quote from uh mention orson sweat martin or or, or some of the some of the other some of the other uh, other writers, you know, he read John Dewey on how to think, and he read Albert Hubbard and Ralph Waldo Emerson. Over and over. He talks about Ralph Waldo Emerson, and I think he give them credit for the other people that was before him. And yeah, uh, uh, it it had it had an it had an effect on him, uh, uh, you know, and and and, to, and even to tell the uh, tell the uh, truth about the, I don't know where people. I don't okay. Make it up. I've heard. I had someone after I said Napoleon was so broke he sold his typewriter for ten dollars, and I've got his typewriter, and uh, 
it sit here now at, at, off to my sit on the table. And uh, it's an L.C. Smith. I even have a picture that shows Napoleon Hill standing by that typewriter. And I have a letter from his nephew, uh, Dr. Charlie Johnson, said, Don, I removed these typewriters uh, on Uncle Nap's passing and said, I think they belong to you. And yeah. He got, he got them to me. So I don't know where people I, get their information. So true. I have seen that typewriter during my um, education in West Virginia when I was studying there. And uh, one day you given us tour. I strongly remember we show, we have seen that uh, typewriter. We click pictures and all. Now, this is great. Uh, don't tell us. During this time, when success is available for everyone on planet Earth, why still only few people succeed in life? I don't think that I don't think they have a driving passion or purpose or like a wonder. He compared them to uh, tumbleweeds or wandering derelicts. They go from one thing to another, and they've just they've never de developed a definite of purpose, something or another that they really really want to do that they want to accomplish in their life. And they have a tendency to go from one thing to another. And those people later in life are be the same people that says, well, oh, that people, rich people, they, they're dishonest or it's gift to them or, or what have you. And I, I, I use a quote in a book. I've got a book coming out in February called Millionaire Mindset. It's Don Green. It's just me. Uh, it's already up as a pre-order. And uh, Victor Hugo, the, uh, the writer said, it's not that people were planning on failing. Okay. They simply failed to plan. Aha. Uh -huh. I love that. And, and, that's and an incredible. That, that's, that's it. Uh, I mean, get up for a day. My first, uh, I got a index card on my table where I ate my oatmeal or cereal. And it just says simply, God, show me someone I can help today in Jesus name. Amen. So yes. I'm going to make sure that the day's on over and I've not sent someone a book or wrote somebody a note or done something or another that hopefully made the world a little better. And, but people don't, don't, uh, they, they don't, they don't have anything worthwhile, but it's so in its end easier. But if you want to see somebody that's on the road to failure, just listen to someone who's making excuses. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Stone, okay. you got a problem. Great. We get paid for solving problems. Solve problems means you got opportunity. And uh, and uh, uh, if everything was going right, you have to think and look for things that could be made better uh, or made cheaper or made uh, more convenient or whatever. Because there's only one way you make money, and that's selling something. Either sell goods or services. If you yeah. can paint, sing, uh, tell jokes, write books, or whatever, you got a service you can sell. Uh, or you make a make a, a hula hoop or a, a better mousetrap or whatever. Uh, you got to sell true. something or another. Something. What we're doing is we're actually we're selling ourselves. We're so selling true. ourselves until you discover that. Why should someone turn loose their money and give it to you if you don't have nothing that they value more than they value their money? Uh, so yeah. it's, it's an exchange, uh, a, a agreeable exchange. They want what you've got to offer them more than do that amount of money and uh and people never they never they never discover it i mean uh uh it's just uh it's just i, I was going to lunch with a business partner and one of his um one of his, by the way he's in my first class and he sold his stores little convenience stores out 
uh, for $45 million. He took my course, it's only one college course he took uh, as an art course. But anyway, a man I'd seen before and we just passed him and, and he said, uh, uh, asked him how he's doing. And, and my buddy asked him, said, did you ever get your job? No, he said, well, where all have you applied? No word. He said, nobody's hiring. So that guy's probably not going to have anything good happen. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> nobody's, I agree. nobody's going to come in, knock on so your true. door, grab you and say, happy boy, yeah. I got something for you. No, you know, it's, it's a saying. That's true. So she true. Don't come in, go swim out where it is. Nobody says you can't swim out there where it is. So, yeah. so you, you've got to put some effort, some, some effort out and develop it into, into something. And yes. I did fundraising with Zig Ziglar before at a, a member of the Christian college up in Pennsylvania one time. And he had this thing that said, how bad do you want it? How oh, I love it. Do you, want, do you it? want it? And that answers a whole lot, you know, cause I don't, it's something that is, well, you know, I don't really care about that anyway. My wife said I was wasting my time. And, and so forth. I mean, you have to develop the attitude like old Edward Barnes. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going do. to partner with a great Edison. That was it. I mean, yes. Hobo's a, Hobo's a uh, train. His, his yeah. wife said, you know, he ain't going to say you. Why should he be dealing with you and all? But he didn't, no. he didn't, he didn't take that. He was convinced that he want, what did he do? He wanted it bad enough to potentially make a fool out of himself, you know, and then yeah. scrubbing toilets and scrubbing the floor. Yes. Just, just to, uh, uh, to Edison. Edison. Edison was just testing him out, and that was the only partner he ever had. And we got, yeah. uh, we got, all, we got a stack of letters from uh, Barnes in our files, handwritten, wow. big old, big old letters. He called, wow. Uh, he called it. He had a nickname for Napoleon. He called him Nap the Sap. S A P. Nap the Sap. <laughs> yeah. And I never met anyone, but my Mike Ritt, who was for me, he he went to. Uh, Florida and visit with him and whatever, but we got lots of. In fact, is I've been gathering those letters and putting them. So true. Notebooks so people can thumb through them and look at them yeah. in plastic and preserve them. But we got I don't know. There's a dozen letters from. Uh, from Fantastic. Them. Thanks, uh, uh, Don, for sharing. Uh, and uh, Edward Seaborn, uh, he was one of my great uh, uh, an icon too. When he has nothing, but he went with his mission in his head. He was so clear that he wanted to not to only work with Edison, but he wanted to become a business partner of Thomas Edison, the greatest inventor of the world. That was the passion. I really liked that when I heard about his story. That really inspired me. And I, in my personal life, and I went through that certain so many stages that I wanted to do business with the biggest entrepreneur and millionaires. And I have no capacity to rub shoulder with them right on the first day. So I worked with stra uh, scratch, work for whatever the cleaning and maintaining and being assistant and all. And I've been a business partner with the most world successful people and I'm on a board of director too. So I agree with that. Okay, down now let's do this round we call Make the world happy round. So your short and sweet answers will be highly appreciated on that. Okay. All right. So first one is, how do you define success? Success, to me, it is simply something that you have a desire for within your mind that Ben Sweetland's quote, success is a journey, not a destination. It's more important what you become during that process, type of person you are, that simply made the world a little better place, which is our motto, making the world a better place in which to, to live. If it's only accumulation of a goal or getting so much money, 
Yeah. And what else? Oh, I mean, I get the, I've got a gold Rolex and a black Mercedes and a million bucks of bank. And is that all <laughs> there is? No, no, it's a type of person we've come is the important uh, part. And to me, that's success. It's doing something or another that you want to accomplish at the same time, making this world a better place to live with always in mind is the only way you're ever going to be happy is when you find a sincere way to serve other people. So, so profound, uh, Don. That's a very meaningful uh, and inspiring uh, message you have given regarding the success. It's nothing what you only just achieve, which is also great, but what you become during that achievement is great. Next, tell us one thing that world doesn't know about Dr. Napoleon Hill. One thing that the world don't know about. I know there will be million things yet, but one of the things in, that can in this uh, in this in this uh, book. Um, uh, mastermind, the the really the the nuts and bolts of how you wrote thinking grow rich and the help that he had. Um, okay. That's uh, that's uh, that's that's one of the things, and um, and I think the uh, profound effect he had on uh, on uh, on the world uh, that was uh, that was always his goal, and um, and he he was. Uh, he he didn't he didn't mind his failures you know he had more failures he had successes but uh, but um, it's uh, I think Michelangelo's uh, quote comes into mind to me was he said it's not that we make too large goals and fail it's that yeah. we make too small ones to succeed so no goal is too uh, big to uh, to work at and he was a dreamer. Uh, uh, he was not a good business person, I would say, because his tension was somewhere else. And we mm -hmm. see that oftentimes in people that's heavily dedicated to medicine or one field that they don't, uh, they don't, finances doesn't interest them. But his last merge in 1943 to Annie Lou, and oh, I got a real neat book out of her stuff just a couple of years ago. Yeah. He gave her a book when she was taking his class in 1941. He signed it to Annie Lou Norman. Norman yeah. was her last name in ORMA and and then two years later, December uh, 23rd, 1943, he dated it and signed it again. And that was the day before they got married, got married on Christmas Eve. He said, yeah. you had the author and now you got the book. That was wow. universal belongings. And so I put it in the archives so uh, so people, uh, people can see it. But he had no financial problems from the year 1943 because Annie Lou had been an office manager for a book publisher and she ran the office and she, yes. she was financially well off. He, she ran his finances from 43 to 70 till he died. When he died in 1970, yes. she flew up to 1984. Yes. Sorry about that. Uh, but but uh, when she died in 1984, I have her will. She had more than a million dollars. She had lived, uh, she had lived uh, uh, from 70 to 84 on his money. And in addition, she had all these books. And she, more than anyone, uh, is due the credit for keeping the Napoleon Hill Foundation going. Because originally it was just, just three of them, their attorney and them, had set the thing up. And she worked diligently. And she put all his books and all in that foundation. She couldn't. She didn't have to do that. She could have sold them things for a fortune. But she okay. Still, but she still had more than a million dollars in cash and plus her home and all. 
when she died after living 14 years and not without working. So he did not die broke from, from what like what uh, so many people uh, know. So many he doesn't people. know about that. Yeah, and great. Yeah, he did have a lot of failures, but so did Walt Disney. And but he went through the depression. He went through two world two world wars, and um, and considering his background and what he accomplished, I, what he left the world, I think is um, very 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 great. Very, very, very grateful, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing this uh, insight and uh, what people didn't know about that. Thanks, John. Um, now, tell us, is personal development is important or financial development is important? What comes first? Well, now, a lot of time people in this world, they're running behind money and fame and power, but they lack to uh, do their improvement in their personal development. What would you grade? Well, I think both of them is extremely important. I mean, uh, uh, but but uh, the personal development, uh, you, know, you know, if you don't have integrity, uh, yeah. I think the, the money doesn't matter because if money is your only goal, well, you can uh, you can probably get by selling drugs, illegal drugs, uh, and make a lot of money, and, pro and you know you may get by for a long, long time. But uh, but uh, yeah, to me, that the, if you don't have integrity, you don't have nothing. That's so I mean, true. That's me. I, I mean. Uh, we're just extremely careful who we uh, associate with, who we yeah. throw our name out there and let people borrow so and whatever. It's uh, it's it's the integrity, and, yeah. and of course uh, the money is important because uh, Zig joked about money. He said people said money is not important. They lie about anything. Money is important. So yeah. much of the stuff that's done, whether it's research, medical research, or uh, uh, tuition for young people to go to college. Uh, it takes money's not everything, but it's uh, it's 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 the next option. Next option, it's hard, yeah. It's hard to live a good life without it. So, <laughs> but if you get the money that the uh, through the loss of your uh, personal integrity, I think you you're a complete flop. Flop, yeah. So so true. I strongly yeah. agree on that. Now, Don, tell us um, what makes you happy every day. Well, every day knowing knowing that uh, it uh, as uh, I'm I'm going to be able to do some good. Uh, I mean, uh, I absolutely love what I'm I absolutely love what I'm doing. I still get thrilled to see it. Well, okay, right here's one I just just laid down. Uh, there's a little uh, Think and Grow Rich uh, uh, published in. Uh, we did a little book Think and Grow Rich in ten minutes a day. This is published by I just laid uh, laid it down here. It's a uh, published by Wiley in Germany. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I still thoroughly get these books. Uh, we, we asked in our contract for, uh, for uh, two, uh, <coughs> uh, two books. So we check, open them up and see if our copyrights inside of them. Yeah. And, and uh, I just love what they design their own covers. I see. Uh, here's my friend Marcial in Brazil. Yes. This is uh, Out with the Devil. Out with the Devil, yeah. You can, a lot. It's published by my friend Marcy L. And, and uh, it was the best, when it, after it been a while, it was the best selling book in uh, Brazil. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's sold tr tremendously. Of course, he's also published, he's also published in, in, uh, in, uh, in Spanish. But see, I, I like to see in that. Uh, yeah. Uh, because of what they do with the cover. Some of them has absolutely nothing to do with the cover. And uh, his his friend, his friend uh, teaches our courses to Mill. Uh, that's his magazine. He calls it. He calls his group Mastermind. 
and of course they work together because on this one, uh, yeah. it's in uh, it's is in it's is in Portuguese, but uh, somewhere or another, I've, he's got about two hundred and fifty people uh, that uh, that works for him, and uh, of course, our you can see our Marcel, our bunch of our, our books probably yes. he's advertised in that he's advertised that's in, great in in that in that mag in that magazine. Great. I love that your happiness uh, is uh, uh, related to the uh, achievement and continued progress towards the Napoleon Hills uh, uh, saying and Dr. Hills uh, spreading his wisdom and all. Okay, next question. Um, what do you love most? You have to choose one. Love, sex, money, or fame? <laughs> uh, well, abs absolutely. Uh, there's nothing to replace love. I mean... Uh -huh. Reading a good book or what have you, um, um, uh, love. Love, a, you will choose that. Most, it's the most important word in the, in our language. Is love, love one another, and uh, and so forth. And you got to love yourself before you love others. If you don't think well of yourself, you can't think well of other people either. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, uh, that's a that's what you'll choose. What striving for is love. Exactly. And and and, and, and you know and love. Uh, love what you do and you never have to work. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm, if I'm not traveling or anything, we're not open on Saturday. I'll come out here and work a few hours. Nobody knows I'm here. Nobody knows. Excellent. Dog. Excellent. That's all I know. <laughs> and I, I'm loving every minute of it. And I'll come in on Sunday sometime after church and come out here and work sometime 30 minutes, see what my email is, maybe sometime an hour or two hours. And of the night I'm writing or something other on book, I try to go to bed at 10 30. Uh, but if I don't watch, I'm at eleven. And it goes on by that, and 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 uh, and and I'm and I'm still and I'm still uh, doing what I'm doing. I just can't make myself quit. And uh, um, like last night, I was editing the last fifty some pages of a book, and I had my mind was I'm not going to bed until I finish this. And so I brought it in this morning, edited for my assistant to go in and make the changes in the PDF file. So we yeah. Publisher, because normally you don't just do a book and you go. Some of them I probably went through eight or ten times, but all of them's been went through uh, three or four times, and plus our attorneys edited at least a couple times before we feel good to send it out to the a publisher. Uh, at, uh, but you just enjoy enjoy what you what you're doing. Uh, you know, lovely love. I'm on the same page, so high five with that. Thanks. Now. Tell us what is the one lucrative advice ever you got? Well, my social media has put a nice sign up on my entrance to my office. And it says there's two ways we can learn. One is from books and the other is from being around smarter people. Don Green. Uh, I said, uh, I that. I said, you've told me a thousand times. I will. I borrowed it from, I borrowed it kind of from, uh, 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 uh the old uh, cowboy uh, Will Rogers, he said something very similar to that. But that's it. You start thinking is how, how else can you learn? Well, not said books. I took audio books. But see, if you don't read nothing, you're already behind. And then if you're around all around smart people, smart you are, uh, who are you going to learn from? See that we do a lot of prison work, but the prison work's not hard to analyze. Those men and women go to prison. So many of them return again. You know why? They go back to the same friends they had when they went in. It got them in trouble to start with. Oh, true. <laughs> you can't change your physical environment much. Your height and your and your color of your eyes and your heart. You get that from your parents and your grandparents. 
but our social environment we grew up in, we can change that. You know, we can change that. But so, so many people, they get comfortable of being in being unsuccessful. I mean, yeah, it, you could, you, it may be it may be uh, a pressure for some people to live up to certain standards and so forth. But again, it comes down to how bad you want it. But uh, you want it. That's the reason recidivism is so great. Uh, so true. I agree both. So so nice. Now tell us what is the one worst advice you have ever got? The worst what? Worst one of the worst advice you have got. Uh well when I tell people when I invest and I hear people say I was on a cruise and I tell you to uh, if you got a stock that's made 20% you should sell it and take your profits and not risk losing it. But the biggest risk in life is taking no risk at all. So if you bought uh, Microsoft at $30 a share and it got to 40, you're supposed to sell it. No, you just held on to it and you see it hit $300 a share. And I can say the same thing about Apple and I can say the same thing about Amazon. So you have to uh, consider uh, the advice of other people, but you have to learn to make your own decisions. Uh, I mean, I follow Warren Buffett and uh, Forbes magazine, the Wall Street Journal. But in the end, I make my own decisions because even if some of them are wrong, I learn from them rather than taking advice from someone that may not be successful or people's opinions or, yes. uh, or their ideas. Yeah. And, uh, and I would say I've done pretty well. Uh, Fantastic. I agree on that, uh, Don. Thanks for sharing. Now, this question is imagination, okay? Imagine if God makes you a woman for a day, what would you do more of and less of? Well, I grew up in a family, a wife and a daughter, no sons. And I, had a, I have a, uh, 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 loving to work around women because uh, as baking, I had most of women. I found women in general, you can't say it's all the time because I got a wonderful assistant who's been with me since he's in eighth grade, who is a wonderful, wonderful young man. He's 25. I started him at $10 an hour in eighth grade. But we, uh, 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 women, I think, try harder. They try harder. And, yeah. and uh, because they have to, they still, uh, you can call it a glass cell or whatever. I don't think women are still, they don't still don't have the opportunities that men do. And, uh, and um, I think there's a lot of good women that are role models. Uh, sometimes women don't like to work for other women. They'd rather work for a man. Uh, but uh, I think that's it. I think they made lots of improvements on the world, uh, but there's a long way to go. And you can study economics and the countries where the women don't have the same as many rights as they have here, uh, without fail, I think they won't have this good economy. Yeah. Just think if you removed half the population from being able to contribute, how can you expect as good results if you got both sides of both sides working? So, uh, but no. we're making we're making sure, but we're not, we're not we're not there yet. <laughs> no, thanks for sharing. That's a very profound uh, thinking behind that. It's so generous of you, Don. Now, this is also imagine question. Now, imagine if you would be the host of this show, and if I would be the guest of the show, what question would you ask me? Uh, well, one of them is, um, uh, what gets you up in the morning out of the house? You know, you know 
you know, what, 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 dri what drives you and, uh, you know, what do you intend to accomplish um, and, um, and uh, what's your idea on giving, giving, giving back um, and, and, sharing, uh, and sharing with others. And, uh, and such things as um, how many people have you had a positive impact on your life? Uh, I don't care whether they're young people or, or, or uh, old people. And uh, what, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, yeah. you know, when you're laying on weight, do you want somebody to say, boy, old happy, he had money in seven banks and he had four cars and three houses? Boy, that would, that would be a, that's, a, that's not nice. Uh, I'm thinking as someone surely walked by and said, I wonder how many young people he helped get a college education. Yeah. Something or another that made a difference after you were gone. Good. Well, this is a very profound question, uh, Don, and I want to answer very sensibly in my senses, which I, I personally feel since childhood that my major purpose of my life is serving others. And I've been very passionate server. I have served in many different areas in industry, passionately, positively, and friendly. And I reached to the stage that I think I cannot give any more seminars or workshop, which I've given enormous, probably tens of thousands of uh, seminar and workshop and classes I've done so far. But I found this wonderful platform, this, this platform of podcasts. So I believe I can reach millions and millions of people around the world with this platform to bring most successful plus and yet happiest people like you to share their stories with the world so that they know this show, the happy conversation is not about only just education, fame, money, power, or wealth. It's all about happiness. So I found this platform is one of my major reasons right now that I want to leave my legacy to continue forward downwards when I'll be gone from Mother Earth. Somebody else will carry on and will do that to, to share the happiest people's story. It's not about money. It's not about also fame and power. It's the happiness we found in, in the job or in the love or the relationship. So my answer to you is I'm, I'm doing this show to serve others, to make them more happy wherever they are and whatever they can do by listening to the stories of profound people like you. Well, okay. <laughs> I we, we, can, we can take up on, on this again. Um, it will, it will be sometime up in the middle of October because I'm working on some grant things and uh, uh, we can uh, we can take up from uh, from hearing that and and, um, and do it again because I truly and I truly enjoy it but uh, I'm, I'm on I'm on a, I'm on a schedule so uh, yeah sure and but just on a last word well I really appreciate your thing I will discuss it on phone too just last two questions quickly one what is your favorite word or your quote? ASK. Ask. I love that. Always seeking knowledge. I love it. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not really, you're not after receiving something that you don't ask for. Yeah, I, I love that. Now, last question of the show, uh, Don. What is your message to the beautiful people of the world? Well, they can make a they can make a difference uh, about what they not only what they think, but what they plan and what they execute. And never underestimate the capabilities uh, uh, that what they can accomplish, uh, and don't uh, don't sell themselves short. Uh, and all these they can have all these heroes they want to, but all these people they admire. Why can't they be one of them too? Just find out what they're doing. If you know if you just want to learn how to bake a cake, you watch some lady bake a cake and see what she done. 
you know, that's what we study success principle. If we study what other people have done and we apply what they've done, you know, we kind of think that we get the same results or similar. It was Einstein that said, doing the same thing over and over, but expecting different results is the definition of insanity. So if we're not getting exactly what we want, maybe we should do more studying to what these other people did. If we're, right. What they took in school, what they read, uh, you know, when people don't, people don't read, I mean, just think how far they're behind. Mark Twain said it best. People don't read or know better off than people can't read. You know, with all this world's information of thousands of years, uh, uh, so cheap and so accessible, and you just are going to ignore it all. We have to take and analyze it and what part of it we can use it and, and use it. Don't mean we have to follow it, but we can at least consider it. We can think about it. And if we see it's worked for other people, uh, just maybe it's worth that for effort also. Fantastic, Don. Thanks so much for your wonderful message to the beautiful people of the world. And thanks. Really, really appreciated. You shared your personal uh, story, uh, Dr. Hill's story and the foundation story and all the wonderful people around and quotes and all. We really appreciate time. Maybe definitely with time is running on, we will do one more round some other day. But I want to say thanks to the wonderful audience that being with us today, supportive. And thanks, Don Green for coming on the Happy Conversation Idea Show with me as your humble host, Happy Benz. I really thank you personally for being my mentor and my friend and also allowing me to do best for the outbreeding the devil in India as well and Asia country. Thanks so much, John. God bless you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I truly enjoy it. We will do it again, okay? Sure. Thank you. Take care. Okay.